Hi, welcome to Suplex of Sticks, a gaming podcast hosted by David and Seth. Hello. And Forrest. Howdy. How's it going, guys? Good? Yes. Good yes. is what I want to hear. Yes. Okay. <laughs> then good. Uh, Great. Seth, how are you? I'm doing fine. That's that's also good. Fine is fine is acceptable. As long as it's not bad or meh. Yeah. I I would ra- I would accept everything. It's weird that you said those in that order. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, we, there's <laughs> no, a, no we'll, time for dawdling no, this week. No. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to, uh, this in the news section, but there's a, last week was a little hectic. Um, I, part of the delay was that, uh, we were busy people. And the other part of the, the delay is that we really didn't want to stop playing Hades. I don't think. And, it's true. um, so <laughs> that's the real reason yeah, can't, that, can't that speak I for myself want. on that. When we were last week, when we were trying to decide if we were going to record that night or not, I was laying in my bed playing Hades. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and like I would have gotten up to record. I mean, I also didn't feel great, but at the same time, I was like, "Man, it'd be so much nicer if I could just keep doing this." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and <laughs> it was I shoves off the podcast about gaming to play games. Hey, sometimes you it, need to do that. Listen, it 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 checks out. So I, I we're gonna talk about Hades. I promise. Um, I do want to throw out. Uh, Forrest, have you played the? We'll talk about Mario first. Have you played any of the Mario Collection? Yes, I've been actively working my way through Sunshine because I didn't okay. get to play that as a kid. So I. Like, for about 15 years now, I felt like I've really missed out. Right. So that is the one that I am diving into. I haven't touched 64 Galaxy yet. All right. So Don't even want to. I, I, I played a little bit of 64. Um, I haven't touched Sunshine because I'm gonna, I want to really put a good amount of time into that. Um, I have been playing Mario Galaxy, though, because that was the one I did not get to play that much. Um mm. I didn't have a Wii, really. Uh, Same. All my friends had Wiis, and my family had a Wii, but I personally didn't have one, and so I just never so utilized you had it. To, you had to play with your friends' Wiis? Yeah. Yes. Um, and, Sorry. I feel like so, that was ob- obligatory. It was. Ooh. It's obligatory. So Throwback to the days of the Wii. Right. That was the that was the joke was everyone the, yeah, made. That was, that was the go-to. So I want to note that it's a good thing that Twitter wasn't around back then, be- oh because God, that would yes. have been the tweet ha- that was re- repeated every day. single day yeah. by a different person getting five thousand retweets. Yeah, jeez. Yeah, it's like oh, if it's the thought, same the same joke again. If you thought Twitter was exhausting now, though, if the wee days, yeah. So let me note that this game is probably one of the most, the biggest use cases to play the Switch on the dock because playing this game handheld is um, just not good. It's not good. You, you have to use the touchscreen to collect the star bits. So I did play a little bit of Super Mario Galaxy, but it was always on like my friend's saves. It wasn't on my own save. Yeah. So like I know that... 
you moved around and collect star bits and you would have to sometimes shoot them at enemies. Um, and on the Switch version, on handheld, you have to use the touch screen to aim and then grab the other side of the controller and pull to shoot. Hopefully the enemy hasn't moved and it's just very <laughs> contrived. It's not very good. Um, but on the if you're playing on the TV and you're using the Pro Controller, you can use the, the motion of the Pro Controller to collect the star bits and it brings up the little star cursor. Okay. Um, and it's it's better. And it's it's good. I've I think overall it's good, but you really need to be playing it on docked. So I also don't have a ton of opinions on it yet because um I've mainly been playing Hades. I'm I've just collected a couple of um what are they called in Galaxy? Star stars. I think they're stars. Well, they're stars. I think they have a special name. I could be wrong. Um, Lumas. Well, those are the. No, those. those well, are those the, are yeah, stars, yeah. but yeah. they eat the stars. They're sentient stars. Cannibalistic stars. Yes, they eat the star bits. <laughs> yeah, um, which presumably are just pieces of other Lumas. Yeah, and then they become Ooh. galaxies. That was interesting. Did it become Super I fed Mario one... galaxies? No, I fed one and it exploded into oh, galaxy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, got. No, they're they're just stars. Okay, okay, they're just. I guess stars. power stars, but that's what they were in '64 as well. So, um, I, I'm I'm enjoying it. The graphics are good. Uh, I it, it holds up pretty well. I don't super love some of the gravity mechanics, um, but I, it's fine. I'm enjoying it. So. I just got the B. I just got to the B planet, mm. and I I the, used uh, that suit for the first time. That's the the one. That's the the world with like that iconic music. The, the music. The name of it. The music in this freaking game is so it's good. It's really good. Yeah, I gusty I was, garden galaxy. I was making Marianne mad because I kept turning it up because I was just like I need to be hearing every piece of this. Um, that's oh yeah, so, that's great. Yeah. The, I'm really excited to go back and play the other Marios, um, and I'm more excited to give a full amount of attention to Mario Galaxy once I maybe get through Hades and roll credits. I don't even know how far I am <laughs> on that. So, um, how has your how has your experience with Sunshine been? Do you want to talk about? I don't know how much you've played. No, I played a very fair bit. Um, I I'm having a really good time so far. Um, it's I don't, I don't even know how to like get in. It, it, it's your typical 3D Mario, but like you have, if you played Smash, then you know about the flood, um, system machine, whatever you from, want to call from it. Halo. Yeah, yeah, you know about oh, the flood. They're in this game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you spray them all over enemies and the ground and wherever, and you can slide on them. Um. But no, the flood is like this huge water gun that is on Mario's back, and right. yeah, and I think the game does a lot of really unique things in trying to incorporate that into its level design and its like platforming. Um, I, I, my favorite thing to do with it is to spray the ground in front of me and then just dive, so I could just slide super fast for like however long I want until I either hit something or just decide to get out of the slide it's i mo moving around in sunshine is really fun and there was a solid 30 minutes one day 
at the end of one of my play sessions where I just was, I was just running around, um, the hub Island city thing. Um, Isle Delfino and I was just like jumping on the rooftops and sliding around and I was just like experimenting with like how to move and like really get us like almost like practicing how to move you know yeah and it's just it's it's so much fun it feels so good um the level design I'm enjoying a lot it's very similar to Mario 64 where like you play a level once and then like you have to go back to it a few times and get different um like the different requirements to get the star at the end of the level um and so a all the areas are varied but if if it is going that same way as mario 64 i worry that it's not going to have as many levels as 64 did you know what i mean right yeah that's like that's like the main bit for me um, I'm I'm like a solid five hours in. I think I've got upwards to twenty uh, shines by this point, which are the star equivalent from sixty four. Um, and yeah, I'm just I'm having a blast with it, but I am kind of worried to see maybe how like the second or like how later parts of the gameplay, how like different it's going to be from what I'm experiencing now. Right. Um. Honestly, I wish I had played it more recently so I could tell you. Yeah. But I like I just remember loving that game. I know I beat it. I just have like so, I played so many games back then on the yeah. GameCube that like it's difficult for me to remember. I yeah. <laughs> my brain just blanks. Yeah. Um Seth, Seth, I know you haven't played it yet, but what game do you think you're gonna jump into first? Okay, so so technically, I have played it. Oh, okay. When I got it, I played it. uh, I got in. I jumped into Mario sixty four, and I collected two stars, and then stopped playing it. (laughs) Appropriate. Um, So what? What besides Mario sixty four? Which one are you excited to revisit? Uh, Unless Um, it is Mario sixty four, and I'm, you know, I I don't know. I kind of just opened Mario 64 instinctually just because I I I knew how to do stuff in it. Yeah, um, of course. I think I like I'm kind of excited about Sunshine just because it was a game I never played. Um or it was at least it was a game that when I first played it on the GameCube I thought this is dumb. Um I never played <laughs> it again. Uh and I also I'm kind of excited to play Galaxy because that was a game that I mostly um, experienced through uh, uh, watching it being played. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I remember watching uh, my older brother play through it. Um, my, and I don't, okay. I don't think I played it all that much. My um, experience with Galaxy came from an old issue of GamePro... Uh, that I got around the time that Halo 3 was releasing. The The cover story was Mario Galaxy, um, but I got it because there was a review for Halo 3 in the back section of it. But, like, I read that whole Mario section, so that's, like, the extent of my knowledge on Galaxy, and it's solely because I wanted to read Halo stuff. 
That's so, so interesting. It that's weird that all three of us haven't really played this one. Yeah, seemingly, um, from from the articles and stuff I've read about this collection, um, people are really ranting and raving about how great Galaxy was. Oh yeah, man! It's it's like it's one of the best games that's ever been made, uh, and I think that going back to it. It seems it's no like Hades. that that opinion has held up for people who played it. Um, so it's not it's not a huge surprise that you're seeing everyone remembering. Oh yeah, this game is really good. Yeah, I'm excited. Oddly enough, all of this hype has got me wanting to play Mario Odyssey again, but I'm gonna. Hold off and not do that. I've had a very um, similar feeling lately. Or so, any of like the co-op Mario games. Like I've just been having just a Mario uh Ooh, I, the co-op one. What, yeah. where do you what game? I like 3D World, whatever. Just like oh, okay, just like okay. playing just playing say, Mario we, with the fellas, you know? We don't play we don't. new Super Mario Bros. U here. Oh no. We don't play that. No. That's not good. I <laughs> I would not throw myself under the bus so easily. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You you know where you're at. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't be safe leaving tonight if I said such things. It's bad. <laughs> um, so, um, Seth, I've been waiting to talk to you about this. I'm so excited. Let's let's shift from Mario to a much darker place, um, a much more oddly sensual place. Sometimes. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I don't know. I don't know that you can get more sensitive than uh, sleeveless Mario or short sleeve Mario. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sunshine, yeah. Sunshine gives him a redesign that is solely just him rolling up his sleeves, and it looks really good, actually. I don't know. There is <laughs> isn't there Nips Mario and Mario Odyssey? Yeah, that's an Odyssey. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that, yo, okay, yo, yeah. That's that's the best of the more best. Sensual. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's <laughs> like you know, that's a that's a whole other level of stuff that we. Yeah, it's it's, it's not, not even like counted. Reach. Yeah, it's not it's not counted on the tier list because it's so far above. I wish I could else. remember what episode it was, but we spent a solid twenty minutes talking about <laughs> Mario's nips when that first came out. <laughs> I, I'm pretty I, sure I do remember that um, they were unprecedented. So yes, breath, breathtaking. <laughs> so um, let's talk about Hades, uh, Seth. Um, my favorite Disney villain. It's it is. <laughs> It's one of my favorite Disney villains also, but honestly, he would kind of fit in. Yeah, yeah. he would. Not in this, the same role, but the <laughs> this world is so filled with um wacky characters and um Seth, I think I saw on your Twitter that you rolled credits on it, which endlessly fascinates me cuz I don't know how long I have until I do that. I so, did. So, let's set up what Hades is, of course. Um, if, if you have somehow stayed away from anyone who talks about video games on the internet and have no awareness of this game. So this is the most recent release from Supergiant Games, previously Mm -hmm. of Bastion and Transistor and Pyre. Um, Pyre, by the way, uh, they need to get around to putting that on Switch. Um, because I would really like to play that game and I've heard that it's very good. Um, but... So this is the next in that in that line. It it kind of takes the sort of isometric um, brawler gameplay that 
was featured in Bastion, um, uh, and turns and and it certainly it's. I don't want to say that's the same because it's definitely more complex and a lot more fast paced, um, and but it fits that into a roguelike, um, and in this game you play Zagreus who is a character and a minor character in Greek mythology. Um, he is the son of Hades, the god of the underworld, and has decided that he is going to break out um, of the underworld and ascend the different levels of um, the underworld. I'm trying to think of a different world for underworld, but there really isn't. Right. Yeah, uh, like I was going to I was going to say hell, but it's it's not really hell. Yeah. Um but, but he, so he he attempts to ascend the different layers to reach the surface um and escape. There is of course more to the story of why he is doing those things. Um but you aren't presented with that at the outset. Um it is something that you discover in uh and the story's really cool in that like I think it, it's. I've seen a lot of people talk about it, and it's definitely one of the reasons why this game, why I've stuck on this game so much. Like I talk a lot about roguelikes on this podcast, um, and often those me talking about them kind of ends without any sort of resolution that comes from those games. Like I'll be playing them and talking about how great they are, and then I'm just I don't have anything more to say about them. And sure, that's what happens with every game, but. The thing about roguelikes is they're sort of designed to be playable in perpetuity, but there comes a point in most roguelike games where I just roll off. Um, I With Hades, I've gone a lot farther past that point, like the point where I would be in other games in the same, the same style of game, because of the way it delivers story. Um, and I, as I said, you don't really know the full uh depth of Zagreus's reasons about why he's doing this um and the coolest thing this game does is that it turns your runs that end in failure into uh story progression um yeah so you are and I, i'm amazed like i think i'm hold on i, I don't i i'm I've, i had the number earlier the exact number of how many runs that I am in. Um, so I have made 65 escape attempts. Um, and I swear that every single time that I have come back, there, I, there has been new dialogue for me uh, for, with different characters. Um, yeah. So the, way, so the way the game works is when, when you die eventually, um, you go back into this kind of home base um the the house of hades uh and then what you can do before you go out to go on a next run there you can walk around and there are different there are other people um in 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 this area that you can talk to you got uh people like uh nix who is the goddess of night and you've got um what's his face sleepy hypnos, hypnos um, um. Achilles, the mythological hero from the Iliad, he's there. Uh, you learn that he is he, he trains Zagreus in the art of combat. Um, there are some other characters like Dusa, 
who is a uh, the head of a of a of a gorgon who is charged with cleaning the rafters. Um, Cerberus is there. Cerberus is there. He's just a big old um, dog big, that you big can old pet. puppy dog. He's well, he's not a puppy dog. He's really old. But he Seth, is, all dogs are puppies. I don't know. I don't think that you can call a gigantic three. It's too late. I've already done it. I've done it already. <laughs> yeah, but he's okay. Fine. He's Continue. a puppy, and you can pet him and say yeah. nice things to him <laughs> and give him treats, and it's and it's wonderful. But the like all of those interactions are ways that you you learn more about these characters and their like their backstories and what their struggles are but you also in talking to them learn about your own character's backstory um and the thing is you can't just like sit there and go through these different dialogues to learn as much as you can at the beginning you actually have you have to go out in to out into the underworld and battle as far as you can and die and come back in order to get new opportunities to learn things um uh eventually you will reach the surface and 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 learn like there is i assume there's only so much you can learn without actually finishing a run Um, but once you actually do finish a run it uh, introduces more stuff and opens up more dialogue options and kind of centers the story more and you're like okay so this is here I can see where the endpoint that I am going to um, is. So it's really cool, um, and it's kind of unlike anything that I've experienced in a roguelike game, where they have intrinsically tied the the gameplay aspect of a roguelike, like the continual going out and then dying and then starting over with different stuff. Like they've tied it into the actual story of the game in a way that. Even on the most annoying runs where you just like are terrible um it 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 makes it it still makes it satisfying to go out there and do it because uh of of what is because there are still those opportunities to deepen the story because there's also characters like um there because some of the bosses you meet are also characters that you can interact with. And who have their own personalities and right. stories that they're going through. And there are also other um, uh, like NPCs that you can encounter in the different, the different levels of the underworld who have their own stories. And who you are, ne- you are not guaranteed to um, interact with. But who have like their own story arcs that connect to players, connect to the characters who are in the House of Hades. Um, and so, like you said, David, I have rolled credits on the game. Um, I, you asked me beforehand how many hours I'm, I put in 60 hours into the game. Wow. Um, I'm trying, I, I, let's see, I rolled credits on, I don't know if I can actually tell which run it was. Um, that would make it nice for me to know. So I know my progress. Yeah, let me go look. You guys talk about the game. So so I have completed three runs, and I am 25 hours into the game. And I want to build off what you were saying a second ago. So 
not only is um, failure built into the gameplay, which is um, so beautiful. Like the uh, Hypnos, every time you respawn, he mentions what killed you. And like um, every time you go back out into Hades um, or out into the underworld, you will reference what killed you or you will talk like um, like at one point. Um, you'll be like, you'll jump into a certain area and you're like, all right, Bone Hydra, uh, here we go again. Like you, the characterization built into the repetition, repetition is, is really good. And um, if you've been listening to this show for any certain amount of time, you know that I don't really like roguelikes. Um, I think that they're fine. The only one that's really gotten me is Enter the Gungeon for the most part. Um, and I... It's not something that usually gets me because of the lack of um, satisfactory ending and satisfactory um, success. Unless I'm playing it with other people, then I'm then I then I enjoy it. Like it it has to have a co-op element so I can have some sort of growth with my friends. But this one does so much of that with characters. It's great. And. On during the runs, you actually eventually get stuff so where you can level yourself up as a character and you can become stronger, which they do a good job of layering that in. But you also get these materials to um, customize and build up the House of Hades itself so that you can also meet new characters um, in Hades. Or, yeah, or in it's, the House of Hades, which is very interesting. It's really cool. Cause, so there's... There is story, there's like story progress that is tied in with your progress, like the, the, you going out and coming back. But there are also, like, like you, like David said, there are tangible things that you can bring back that will make Zagreus stronger. Um, that like give you skills to take back out with you that don't go away. And there are, there are things you can bring back that allow you to, uh, tangibly, develop the the world that you're in and allow for more uh different interactions with the characters um, right so it's so it's got like those key things that that make it so even though you are doing the same thing over and over it is a little different every time and <laughs> it's and it's not even exactly the same thing over and over um because the game kind of it it hides a little of a bit of its hand um, as you are playing it, because uh, as you go on, you you find that um, there are so there's a, a boss at the end of each area, but the more runs you get into it, eventually those bosses will change, um, and so it becomes like it's not even that encounter that you become so used to and expecting the same thing. It's like oh. Here's a there's the, now we're throwing a wrench into it and it's completely right. different now and you're like whoa wait a minute I didn't know this could happen um, later in the game you can even get uh, these difficulty modifiers that further change those battles um, which are which are very cool to use I mean I've only used one but it was it was really cool um, and there are also like new enemies will show up in um in areas that you had never seen before and you're like wait a minute i've done how many runs in this world and this guy has never shown up before so so um, i've done 40 runs i've only completed three 
and I ran into a new mini boss in the first section like yesterday. Yeah. That I had never run into. And that was not only really cool, but also just like, it's, I mean, it's just beautiful because it's, they take something like the random element in roguelikes that I usually don't like in a game and they turned it into something I really enjoyed because it was like, I thought I knew everything that was coming. And because something random hit, I, I had no clue. I was like, hold on, what is this? Um, and it was just, it was really neat. And yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to, to step on you there. No, no, you're good. So, uh, another, like, so, so another thing we should talk about, uh, David, you brought up how the game was very, uh, sensual, um, at the top. Uh, we, one thing we have neglected to mention so far is that in, when you are making your escape attempts, um, you will, uh, the, the way the, the game works is you will go into a room, um, of course, randomly generated. After you complete, like, destroy all the enemies in it, you will be granted a reward. So this can be any of the different kind of um, collectible uh, currencies that you can get. Um, it can be an item that will upgrade your weapon. Um, or it can be a boon from one of the... Uh, the gods in Greek mythology, uh, and there's a whole cast of them. Um, they and they all have, they all have different uh, effects that they do. Like none of them are really like, it. It's really amazing for as many as they have. How each one that they offer is like has a very distinct playstyle to it, right? Um, and very distinct ways that they interact with each other. Uh, and like, also we should say there's like. Five, is it five different weapons that you can choose from? There's um, six that, that that all six different weapons that all have their own distinct play style. The um, and so the way very those distinct. interact with with the boons is very different. Um, and so there it there's it allows you to to further sort of customize the in it the way you want it, but also you have to deal with that like the randomness uh later in the game there becomes a way to sort of more control that randomness of what you're getting um but uh but yeah so the the greek gods they are the the whole cast is really amazing um yeah the we we should say like and this is where a lot of the sensuality that he was coming that he was talking about comes from because they're all like super hot um yeah they are all super high. i i can confirm yeah. on this I and they vouch. all have these very lusty voices uh the voice acting in this game is impeccable um but <laughs> it truly is yeah but it's a work of it, art it it's everyone who resides in the house of hades is more or less like they talk like normal people um uh normal ish but but the Greek gods are also over the top, um, and yeah, they they are the the they just radiate like sexy energy, um, and it's it's hilarious, and they're great, and they also have their own like they're interesting because you can't actually interact with them, like you can't speak to them, um, 
just because of like the the way that the the because of lore reasons basically um I, you can't really explain why without giving up anything in the story and the game i don't want to give up anything in the story because it's it's really very good um but so when you interact with these boons uh you will get a little sound bite from from these greek gods and then there will be a choice of three things three different um enhancements that they can give you um but yeah the, the greek gods are amazing they're super fun um they all they add so much to the game um and and really it's and i like i said i'm in whatever run 61 and i still don't think i've gotten repeat uh dialogue lines from them uh, and yeah, the way same. the way the ways that they can interact uh with each other is really cool like um they will their dialogue will change based on the weapons that you're using uh, based on how much health you have at the end of a room, based on what boons you have previously gotten, yep. Um, based on like what area you're in, uh, based on what your like your success rate in a previous run. It's really cool. Uh, and of course, they have lots of sound bites about the kind of the story of the world. Um, and there are. Uh, and that actually becomes a key storytelling thing later in the game as some as new information and in the story is revealed at more story more uh story related sound bites come available um it's Ooh, really I'm, I'm excited it's then. i am continually like um dumbfounded by the sheer amount of dialogue in this game honestly um because, like, they're con each like I'm I'm I the reason I keep saying it is because it's really like it's hard to it doesn't I guess it doesn't seem like a lot for there to be unique dialogue because you know any game is going to have unique dialogue as you continue to play but I guess it's just so unexpected because of the type of game. Um, because it the game you aren't able to control the circumstances under which this dialogue is going to happen um for there to be unique stuff this far into the game for me and um like i said i have i got to the point where the credits of the game rolled but as far as i can tell the story has not ended um like it has not resolved uh well it has sort of resolved um but sort of like the greater story has not resolved and there is still new stuff that i am learning and it's just like every time that i click on on one of these boons and and learn something new it's it just it like blows my mind a tiny bit because i'm like <laughs> this is crazy how much thought they put into the way this stuff would work and mm -hmm. how the different um instances would interact with each other yeah just yeah. how much variation in detail there is right in it's crazy almost all aspects of the game uh it really sets a new bar for um some i mean if the, if you're a developer that wants or your roguelike to have a story um this is a pretty high bar um i don't know many other roguelikes that have a story built in like this uh if there are any 
Um, but yeah, it's it's I love I love hearing Seth try to explain it because there's so much like I've been trying to wrap my head around it too, and I was like really worried going into the show like. I don't really know, excuse me, how I'm going to explain this. Like, because it's just the amount of work this had to take. Um, I actually would be really interested to see, like, a roadmap of how much... Because, of course, this was an early access game. Like, what sort of stages this went through as it went. Um, You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how much of this was done and laid out. Yeah, so they made, like, a big deal about, like, the reason they wanted to do it, this kind of early access thing is because they wanted, like, fan input. Well, I guess they wanted to see how that would work and, and whether they would be successful, like, getting that constant feedback. And clearly it did work. Um, but, yeah, it's... You don't... With games like this, you come to expect, like, every, every instance... Of, of every like new run is going to be quote unquote unique. Um, but it's unique in that it, it is offering you like a, a random, uh, experience from a list of experience that you've experienced a bunch of times, but it's amazing that this far into the game, it can offer actual unique things. Yeah. Um, in a way that I've not really experienced with other roguelikes or really, with a lot of other games, period. Um, Because, unless we're talking like a freaking JRPG that's hundreds of hours long, um, it's, it's, I I feel like it's unique in its way to offer uh, new, interesting experiences this far into a game for me. Um, Especially when those things are not, like, built out of a a wholly unique, like, area in a world. Um, yeah, right. it's, man, it's, it's, it's a very good game. So, so I have some questions for you, because I'm curious. How many runs do you think it took you to beat the first boss? The first boss? I think, uh, mm, I think I beat the first boss in my second run. Ooh, really? It Yeah, like, I, I'm pretty sure I died the first time that, like, it drops you in. Um, yeah. And I don't, and you're not, you don't really have a whole lot of power. Uh, yeah. And I don't think you get, like, the boons that you get are all that good. Um, I think it was my second uh, or third. Um, it was, hold on, I'm, I'm, I'm wrong. Um, it appears that... It took me six runs to get past okay. the first boss. <laughs> I would, I I don't have my switch readily available for me to look at this stuff, so um, I can report back next week because I haven't beat it yet, like you have. Um, so, yeah, I had to unlock other weapons than the sword. I think the first time I beat the boss was with the spear. Um, my favorite weapons so far are the spear and the shield. What what is yours right now? So that's interesting. I think my the the one that I have the most fun with is the spear, um, but I have had the most success with the bow. 
Um, really? Okay. Yeah, my That's first my first uh, successful run was with the bow. Really? Um, yeah, and it's and it's it's really surprising to me how like my best runs have been with the bow, um, which when it I still have not finished a run with the sword. Um, uh, I have. It's and it's weird, but I also so there is another thing that, um, the game it will like when you go to choose your weapon, it will randomly pick one that will give you like a twenty percent boost of, uh, like the darkness, which is one of the currencies that you can collect. Yeah. Um, so I have pretty much outside of a few times I've exclusively used the ones that had the darkness boost. It just the game really has not given me sword all that much, honestly. Um, so I haven't had a whole lot of opportunities to do runs with it. But yeah, um, so yeah, I think I I probably like the spear the most. Um, I really I, I I seem to be the best with the bow. I really like the fists as well. Um, I cannot beat Hades with the fists. Really, I have gone to Hades like three times with the fists with good boons too. And I cannot do it. I don't know what it is. I found that... So one of the gameplay mechanics is you get a um, a call. It's kind of like a summon uh, if you choose this boon from one of the people. And I found that if I get to Hades without a call that's appropriately leveled up, I have a really hard time beating Hades. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's 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 really like the game does a good job that once you reach the boss the, the final boss like you have to use your entire like move set and you to to do a good job and he still I respect just that kind of eats boss fight. he eats health um like his attacks are so much damage um even like there's still some runs that I, I like I just like I'll get there and just get wasted and yeah. it's like, well, I thought I was fine, and then I had, like, no chance. And the, um, the worst feeling is going into it, like, knowing, like, this isn't, like, I'm just going here to die. Like, this, <laughs> there's, there's yeah. no me making uh-huh. it out of this. Yeah. No matter how carefully I play it. Because it, it does just become a, you need to have a certain amount of health, and you need to be good enough to avoid his attacks. Um, and you need to have been smart about what you chose. Um, yep. So it's, yeah, it's really good. Just the way that the, the, the way the game just can vary things and, and, uh, a different person would, would, could get mad and say, well, the game screwed me on what I got. And it's like, yeah, maybe, but there are, there are also runs that you'll have where you'll get really weird stuff and just be able to make it work in some strange way. Um, and I honestly, I feel like that's been almost all of my runs using the bow. Uh, like I get just these really weird setups, and it's like I don't know why this is successful, but it it's working for me. Um, yeah, yeah, it's really good. My my first run that ended me up in um, the second to last area, I forget the name of it, Elysium, uh, was with the bow. It was the first time I beat the bone. Hydra and I lost it. I was like, I hate playing with this bow. I'm not good at it, but I'm destroying this thing. Um, so I must be doing good at it, I guess. 
Yeah, my first run where I got past the first boss, I got into Elysium, um, and it was with the bow. So yeah, it's it's weird. It seems to be like a good weapon, uh, <laughs> even, but it's just kind of like it doesn't feel like it's that good. But then it is good. Uh, so the the answer that the question that the people want to know, I can feel it. Um, and then we can go to the break. If you have you played anything else? So. Well, uh, so I did, I, I finished Paradise Killer, um, okay. last week. People, Man, people it's... in Discord loved that, like, they, they, there was some people, I think Joe said that it sounded a lot like a game he'd like to play. So thank you for yeah. reporting on that. Cause... So, man, this was a, a very interesting game, um... I'm trying to remember where I left off last time we talked about it. Uh, you said I, you were like you said you were really close to the end. Yes, yeah. I was very close. Um, it turned out I was not as close as I thought I was. There were still some some loose ends to tie up. Uh, so I I was incorrect in my earlier assumption that okay I wasn't incorrect, but the, you can depending on how you play the game you can come about to. I think it is possible to come to different conclusions about like what happened in in the case depending on like who you talked to and when and what you found. Um but I was wrong in my assumption that there are different solutions. It turns out there is one solution to what happened. Um and it Okay, there's one. There's so there's there <laughs> okay. is a thing that happened um and it's that doesn't really change based on like what you think happened. Um it doesn't seem to be that you can like get the wrong people convicted for the thing. Um because the way the trial worked is that uh you as you play the game you when you come across things that have to do with the case um, like they, they go down in your casebook and then when you come go during the trial, the judge will like look at your casebook and go down one by one, the different aspects of this crime. And basically it will, um, like it'll, it'll have a, a list of people you can accuse and they will all have like the different clues that you found. Um, and it's basically whoever has the most clues under them. Um, so there isn't there isn't a way that you can put together a case to to frame someone for something they didn't do, um, but there are a couple of as you play the game, it turns out that there is a lot more um, going on than looks like it on the surface. Um, like it sort of becomes clear what happened but there are all there are like these little threads on the outside uh so it turns out there are two concurrent conspiracies in this game um and if you are able to unravel these um you can kind of choose who you want to um spare or who who you want to get rid of i i think there is a way to actually kill everyone on the island but i'm not sure um 
I went. I I I put away the people who I thought were the 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 most wrong. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah, not a, there wasn't really anyone in, in the game who was innocent. Um, it's it's a very interesting ending for the game, um, but I thought it was good, uh, and it's sort of it, it it was, I think it was a satisfying ending. Um, and the funny thing after the end is that you get the ability to go around the island one more time, uh, and the judge gives you a gun, and it's like I trust what? your judgment. If you want to go, if there's anything else out there that you you think happened but you couldn't necessarily prove in court i trust your judgment to go take care of it oh my gosh so you could just go out and kill everyone (laughs) if you wanted to that's right it is it was it was funny um Uh, or you can choose that for them to live in in permanent exile all right yeah uh drastic yeah uh quick question how much uh did you pay for this um, and would you say that it was worth it? I don't remember how much it was on the eShop. I feel like it might have been like fifteen bucks. Um, yeah, I think it, I think it was worth it. It was a fun game, um, despite like it. It was a bit of a climb for me to get to the point where I was like enjoying it. But yeah, it it was cool coming down to the end and, and being able to put all the stuff together so yeah i liked it sick i'll have to check it out then and there is so a, there is a there is a i don't know if it's a tease for a sequel or anything but they do like there is a a storyline that they lay out that could happen in the future nice oh nice does it involve the gun <laughs> <laughs> well your character at the end you go off to the next island and she does have the gun and presumably oh. the the ability to be judge, jury, and executioner. Oh, I don't gosh. think that's what a new game would be about. They're <laughs> not going to turn it into a first person shooter or anything. Yeah. Um, but but the options on the table. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um. Seth. So so before we go to break, um, I need to know, Seth, uh, revisit Hades for a second. Who is your favorite god or goddess? in mm, Hades, one. and which one are you most attracted to? Ooh. Okay. Because those second two are question. They're different questions. Those are yeah. different second, questions. Answer to the second question is Artemis. Uh, Ooh. Answer to the first question, I think, is uh, Poseidon. I really like Poseidon. He's a okay. lot of fun. I think the answer to my first one, my favorite one, is Dionysus. I think I like his vibe. Yeah, he's he's cool. Um, and the one I'm most attracted to is Poseidon. He's, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's very pretty. Uh, <laughs> I love. And him. so you know, I roll credits on Escape number sixty-two. Wait, no. Oh, wait. Well, which successful escape was that? Do you do you know? Uh, I mean, I could look, but. Yeah, I, uh... I I've done three. <laughs> I just need to know how much more I need to get out. How many um, more to succeed at? Yeah. So, um, I guess don't spoil it for me. I wanna I want it to flow naturally because um, I'm enjoying it. It's not like I'm trying to rush through this thing. So, 
What's your fastest run? I am curious. I know we're kind of dragging. I um, don't know, man. That's that's like I could go back and look through, but there's not really any easy way to access that information. Um, my fastest run is 25 minutes. <laughs> nice. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, it was with the shield, and um, my f- my favorite boons, not my favorite god, my favorite boons are Ares because Ares gives you doom. And really? with the I shield, don't like I don't like Doom at all. So but Doom, I do like I do like Ares's death portals. So Doom with the shield is a godsend because the shield hits so many godsend. enemies that it's just constantly doing a ton of damage. Nice. Um, so I always get special with Doom, and then I level that up a lot, and it's basically an instant win in every room. <laughs> and I don't like it because the shield is basically casting, yeah. and you're not near the enemies. So you just, it becomes a, it's pretty OP if you do what I do. Strat. Um, so, yeah, that's what, and then I get also Zeus's Call. That's my favorite one to use against Hades because that lightning mm. bolt just rails Hades. I really so. like um, Poseidon's things. I really like Poseidon's <laughs> dash. Yes, Poseidon's dash is the best one. Just besides, like blast uh, people away. Uh, besides Athena's. Athena's is good too because it deflects. Um, yeah, man. It's really good. I think I think you could ask 100 players and they would all have different <laughs> yeah. ideas of what what they most enjoy doing. People in the Discord, interact with us with us in Discord and tell us what you think of Hades and stuff like that. We want to hear from you. Um, also, I will say, since I have roll credits on the game and technically beat it, it's 100% suplex certified. Yeah, I could... I've played 30 hours of this game. I can say that. <laughs> I, uh, especially since it's a roguelike. Um, yeah, it's very good. Get this game. It's 25 bucks. It's so worth it. Probably uh, still so, on sale, too. Yeah, yeah, very possibly. Um, so, it's so, so worth it. Go get it um, while we are on the break. We will be right back. We're back. Hopefully during the break, you were going to social media at Suplex the Sticks on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and checking out the episode, sharing it with your friends. We appreciate it so much. And hopefully also you are rating us on your pod catcher that you're listening to us on, whether it's iTunes or whatever. We're sure it has a rating system. So just please do that. We would appreciate it. Five stars gets us in front of other people, and it'll help us grow and do other cool things in the future. So please support us. We love making this content for you, unless we're playing Hades like last week, (laughs) Um, which we still would have loved to make content for you, but we wanted to really give Hades its due because we knew it was special. So hopefully during the break, you were getting Hades. Yeah, really. Like we requested. Uh, it's sold gangbusters. I, I uh, demand it, frankly. Oh, yeah, no true. request. I'm I'm demand. with him. Uh, I'm I'm straight up with him. If you're not buying Hades, what are you doing? 
Thanatos will uh, track you down. Uh, probably played something like Mario Sunshine or something. <laughs> or not Than- having the money yet. <laughs> Than- <laughs> right, guys? Thanatos will track no, you down. It's not an excuse. Oh, crap. <laughs> Feed the debt. Like, <laughs> um, the It's frothing don't, don't maw demands it. <laughs> so, that puts some imagery I'm in surprised it. there's not a frothing maw in the game. That's, That's like a good enemy name, too. Yeah, that is a good enemy name. Um, they can take that from me if they want, if they add an expansion. Um, so let's talk about, so we're, we're two weeks behind on news, but luckily there hasn't been much big news, so we can just uh, really get through all of it. Uh, it should be pretty easy. Um, the first piece of big news that randomly dropped the day before Xbox pre-orders were available was uh, Microsoft purchased... Um, uh, what's the name of it, Seth? You probably Bethesda. can Zenimax, Zenimax yeah. Studios. Yeah, uh, which includes Bethesda and Arcane Id and Id. Arcane. That um, whole uh, machine games. They bought an entire E three conference. People, yeah. yes, that's what they did. <laughs> yes. So maybe we won't get another bad uh, music video or concert performance E three session again i don't them. know <laughs> i don't know ubisoft is still running around right right but not from <laughs> but not from bethesda yeah now. no i think microsoft of out of any of the big three they're the well, okay i say that but uh they i i wouldn't put a pass them to put a, a music video or, or to a allow concert. bethesda to just continue yeah that too are, i wouldn't be much. surprised if they have their if they continue having their own uh uh, so conferences. so we do benefit from reporting on this a little late. A lot of stuff has come out about it since then. Um, they are going to honor the PS5 exclusivity times for Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo. Um, yep. They have come out and said that basically Bethesda is still going to run semi-autonomously. Um, this I really think this is a big Game Pass move. So all their games are coming to Game Pass and they will be day and date games with Game Pass because they're now a Microsoft studio. And it really adds to the value um, of Game Pass, which just continues to prove itself to be this um, giant conglomerate of games. And um, it's not great for the gaming industry to have all these studios be continually bought up by big studios um, I do think that that's not the greatest thing, um, but it does seem like Beth- Zenimax was looking for this on a level a little bit. There was some rumors I saw people posting on Twitter articles saying that Sony was looking into acquiring them about nine months to a year ago or mm. even um, trying to get exclusivity for Starfield. So someone was going to do it seemingly. And I think Microsoft kind of just decided they were going to be that person. Um, I could, I could be wrong on that vibe. Seth could tell me I'm, I'm off base. Um, but it, that's at least the vibe I get. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're yet to see what's going to happen with elder scrolls and, um, I'm assuming it's going to be like a mo- the Mojang acquisition where it's just too big to have on separate consoles. The the main, not not have it on separate consoles. Yeah. Um, One would certainly hope so. 
I I do think that this is more of a um, this is the play is that you're you're going to be given the option. Hey, you can pay sixty seventy dollars for this game on the PS Five, uh, but you can have an Xbox Series X and you can have Game Pass and you don't have to pay for it. Like it's it's here, baby. Yeah. Like you you're in our ecosystem. This is a perk. You know you're part of the club. So I think that that's what they're going for. So it's it's interesting. Um, it the worry is that they're going to turn into a sort of Netflix and not develop on games that they don't think are worth it and stuff like that. Like Netflix is now notoriously canceling shows after two seasons that people like. So there is worry about custom content made by the studio that owns the streaming but um seth what do you think about this um it's certainly a a very large move um and it's not even they said they're not done i bet you they're they said they're (laughs) gonna announce i think they said one more yeah Um, i'm I, i wonder what that is i don't know it's sort of weird like i think it's a lot of these acquisitions, when they are smaller studios, like you see them, it 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 is kind of completely beneficial because, like, okay, here's a studio um, that now is able to to have security and and the funding that they can work on projects that they're doing. Yeah, um, Bethesda did not have this problem. Um, and I mean that's why it took like seven point five billion dollars. Like I, they weren't looking to be bought by a, um, by by Microsoft or Sony or anything, but they just were offered a ridiculous amount of money that it's like, well, we can't turn this down. Um, and it's kind of a bummer that 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 number even existed that that they could just be like, okay, well now we are a Microsoft owned uh, thing. Um, I am curious what the their approach in the future is going to be with games. Like, for, certainly they're going to continue to show up on PC, and I think that's where a lot of Bethesda's games really live. Um, yeah, is on PC, but but then you, you gotta wonder, like, like I don't know how much Microsoft is going to be okay with the modding community, um, which is a big a big part of Bethesda games. Um, and of course, I when I say Bethesda, I am um, talking about the entire suite of studios. As Zenimax, while it owned it, it was a creation of uh, Bethesda founders, so they are one and the same, basically. Um, I don't know, you know. It's I'm I'm I bet. Well, I, I, certainly the execs at Zenimax are excited about the money they're going to get from it. I would hope that some of that money uh, ends up in the hands of the actual developers. Uh, um, right. It's impossible to know how that stuff works. Yeah. Um, uh, and the intriguing thing about these is that, okay, so we have these studios who are who now have access to these who now potentially have access to these other IPs that they may be able to work on. I don't know if any of that will come to fruition. Uh, like, 
we're not going to, I highly doubt we're going to get id making a Halo game, but um, there, there is stuff, I'm sure, certain there's stuff in there that you can, you can be like, hmm, I wonder what they could do with this stuff now. So it is yeah. intriguing in, in that sense. Um, but again, I feel like this, it's, it's, it's like David said, it's not really great to, for all the stuff to be centralized in, in one or two locations. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting. Um, I'm, I'm also interested to see if, um, this leads to a higher, like they're going to act, maybe have more backing to finish their games faster. Um, or in better states or in better states. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, that's very interesting to (laughs) think about. Um, I, I do want to note, so Bethesda and Microsoft have had a very chummy friendship anyway, um, in the past. So they, uh, with Morrowind and the Xbox 360, um, that was, that was a big deal. And that was a big relationship builder and they've, they've built on that. Um, it's only just now recently that Bethesda stuff has kind of been doing some timed exclusivity with the PS five. So, yeah. Uh, the most recent example I could actually probably think of, of the Microsoft Bethesda buddy ship thing is allowing mods on console for right. Fallout four Skyrim special edition, like yeah. all that stuff. So, like, there is a history here. I'm wondering what what is going to come of this, like, three, four years down the line, you know? Like, are are we going to see any of the pre-existing uh, Zenimax Bethesda franchises become exclusive for some future releases? Or are new IPs going to be made for Microsoft exclusivity, you know? So that, yeah, that's the interesting thing. Um, cause of course that DLC for, um, what's, uh, what's the game called Seth, please remind me, uh, the game that Obsidian made Outer Worlds, Outer Worlds, um, Outer Worlds has, is out on both, uh, PS or Sony consoles and Xbox and switch. And yeah. And the DLC is coming to all of those. Yeah. Um, yeah. So is it only going to be. That was also created prior to their acquisition. Right. So is it only going to be new franchises that they work on that's going to be exclusive or at all even? Yeah, that is the um, question. Like, it's hard to imagine a world where Microsoft is putting up $7.5 billion to allow games to release on uh, PlayStation. Yeah. Um, the only thing I can say in my brain that would lead to the idea that um they would allow it is because um game pass makes money for them sure but so do game sales so it might be nice to get some of that uh you know some um, way some of that back yeah um, so we'll see well th- that's the big thing about all this is that it's a waiting game of we'll see how this really affects the gaming community and environment in the next 
three to five years. Yeah, because um, we're definitely not going to see any of this pay off immediately. Right. Even within the next one or two dev cycles for a lot of these games. Besides seeing, you know, stuff end up on uh, Game Pass. Like, yeah. that's the biggest thing we're going to see now. So, it's interesting. Uh, I If you had told me... Um, that Microsoft was going to be nabbing up Bethesda, I would have told you you were crazy. <laughs> um, now when the rumors came out a while ago that they were possibly, and it ended up being like very low-key rumors that were actually not fully true, but the Bungie acquisition, like that makes sense to my brain. But Bethesda seemed kind of out of reach. Yeah. <laughs> and I, was re- yeah. I saw rumors of a Sega acquisition oh the, my gosh, yeah. last week too. Yeah, I don't think that was ever close, but that would be wild. Yeah, um, for real. <laughs> um, Microsoft, home of the Western RPG now, between Obsidian and Bethesda. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, dismissing CD Projekt Red. Yeah, that's about it. So, um, Seth, I. We need to talk about these new consoles and the pre-orders. <laughs> um, because you had an interesting story through all of this. Um, and that you got a hold of Microsoft and then they couldn't get you the console you wanted? Yeah, so this was weird. So I... Um, we previously talked about your experience with the PlayStation 5. I didn't really have any interest in pre-ordering it. Uh, um, I don't. I don't have a whole... I didn't really have a whole big interest in in pre-ordering the Series X outside of to make sure that I was able to have one. Um so it this it was very strange. Like I especially Microsoft, they said this is the time pre-orders are going to be available. Here are the outlets where you're going to be able to do it. So that morning I got up uh and I got on these websites and prepared to madly uh refresh until i had the ability to to pre-order it um the short story is that i failed in all of these attempts um but the so i in 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 the process of having like four screens uh hanging four tabs hanging on on loading screens <laughs> um i was able to on microsoft's website connect with a like a customer service agent through their chat thing um and I was like, "Hey, I'm trying to, I'm trying to pre-order this Xbox. I don't know if you guys have any, but I can't get on your website." And this person was like, "Oh, okay, I can help you with that. What's your name and uh, wh- where do you want this shipped?" I was like, "Oh, um, okay." Uh, and I, but the thing was, I clarified, I was like, "Hey, I was wanting to pre-order this with the the all access, which is the thirty-five bucks a month thing." Um, and I was told that they weren't doing those pre-orders through the Microsoft Store online, um, which was very strange, because I had the ability, if I wanted to, to purchase the console up front. But for some reason, online, I couldn't do um, the all-access thing. It was really weird. Um, and also, like, I... This may have just been because I couldn't actually get through any. I couldn't find pre-order for all access like anywhere. Um, And so I'm really curious. Like that was one of the things going in. I was like, how is this going to work with this? Because you're not actually putting any money down. Um, I don't know how 
they're going to do this, and I don't... I assume there are people out there who got it, but I have no way of knowing that, um, and seemingly no way of uh, figuring out how it's going to happen in the future. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it was weird. Uh, it was kind of un- unfortunate, because... I was not able to get one. And it doesn't sound like they will be doing any further rounds of pre-ordering um, and instead waiting to release more stock in November when it launches. So hopefully I will have better luck then, but we'll see. Yeah, I did the old-fashioned go to the retailer in the morning. Yeah, um, that'll that'll probably have to be, have to be what I do. Um, same. But yeah, it was... Like, Sony got a lot of flack for how bad their pre-ordering window was for PlayStation 5. Um, Microsoft was not as, was not good either. No, no. The, um, I was waiting to say that. Um, I gave my PlayStation uh, Sony a lot of flack. Um, so some of that ended up actually being retailers putting stuff up before they were supposed to, um, etc., and like it just it was a whole cluster of bad timing um and then microsoft decided to jab at them which was a mistake considering how sort of poorly this went um you would think that the internet would be able to deal with shopping for things uh effectively um and deal with load like this but it just can't deal with it um you find that out when you try to buy concert tickets. Uh, it's just chaos. And um, that's why I just was like, all right, I'm going to the store. I showed up at the store at 845 and there was already three people in line. Um, and I was I was number four out of five. They only had five Series X's at my GameStop and two Series S's. And every GameStop had either 10 or under of the series X available and their allotment. So either they're holding a lot for release day or there's going to be a real shortage of these for, um, day one. And I do, I'll, I'll apologize lightly to Sony. Like, Hey, I gave you a real, uh, you know, Microsoft didn't do right either. Um, but I, at least I knew to be at the store on that day. <laughs> like I did, I did, I wasn't mid workout having to run to yeah. GameStop. Um, so it, uh, it's, it's a whole situation. Um, but you can always, if you don't get one, Seth, you can come over and play it at my house. I'm, <laughs> I will, I will have them hiding behind my tv because they're both too entirely too too, big they're entirely too large for my entertainment center yeah uh so that's my life now i've already figured out how to make my entertainment center work i'm glad i'm glad that you're not allowing these new consoles and their sizes to bully you into getting a bigger entertainment center (laughs) no 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 it's just figuring out smartly how to make it work figure it yeah so like a, a game of tetris yes yes which which Uh, we all know you're great at um i'm amazing (laughs) at tetris uh and i'll be looking forward to playing tetris connected with my friend seth on game pass on launch day of the xbox series x so that'll be fun 
we'll be playing we'll be able to play with Zach and our yes four player Tetris it'll be beautiful um all on yeah. the same screen <laughs> uh I do want to note that people have the Series X right now so Microsoft sent out consoles to people for them to test and They've been saying basically it runs all the old games at 4K 60, which is amazing. Because, um, Seth, did you play Sekiro on the Xbox or PS4? Mm, you know, I don't actually remember. <laughs> so, so I Sekiro, think it was Xbox. Sekiro actually um, ran at about 40 frames per second on, X, on any Xbox. Um, it ran worse on the original Xboxes versus the series the Xbox one X. Um, so I would say probably 30 to 40 frames and it runs smooth locked at 60, um, with gra- higher graphical fidelity. And so if there's, so if you follow Jeff Grubb on Twitter, I think he writes for venture beat. He has a very good YouTube video up where he does side by sides and digital foundry has done a side by side. What I'm most excited about is they, a lot of people are talking about how the weight of the controller has shifted. Um, they they made it a little heavier in certain spots and made it feel more sturdy in the grips, and I'm all about that. Um, these controllers are a little too light without batteries in it, and it's not great. And so it's going to be nice that it feels... That's one thing about the DualShock 4 that I like is that it's a little heavy. Yeah. So I'm ready to get my hands on that new controller. Um I, I pre-ordered the shock blue one that comes with it. It looks so good. Because I'm a good. sucker for a good blue controller. Yeah. And, yeah. It's been my dream for the longest time to own a blue controller. And I know that sounds so stupid. Well, But that's, like, my favorite color. And <laughs> Xbox has done a really good job of making a lot of really good-looking blue controllers. Microsoft actually stopped Seth. I I didn't know if you saw this. They stopped Seth. They no. <laughs> I don't think anyone can stop Seth. Um, but the they stopped they selling the custom controllers. Really? Oh, yes. So they're pausing that to wait for the new system. Yeah. I don't think they'll stop. It, but yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, they they you're not allowed to do it right now. It's um, put on yeah. hold. Yeah. So interesting. Good, good stuff. So, Xboxes. It's PS... I'm excited for when people get their hands on the PS5. Um, so Travis Scott has one. Yeah, Travis Scott has one with his I leather pants. I believe that. <laughs> uh, I, I really want to get my hands on that daggum DualShock 5 to see how it feels in my hand. It's so weird looking. Um, all right, let's jump to some other stuff. Um Xbox iOS app update. Real quick update since we're talking about Xboxes. Now if you have an iPhone or an iPad, finally you'll be able to stream your Xbox games from your console to your iPad or phone if you're on the same Wi-Fi network. You've been able to do that with Android apps, but not I- Xbox apps and yeah. or and not iPhone apps. Yeah. And so now you can with iPhone. And this so. is different than just the straight up cloud streaming for the X right, Cloud. Right, right. Yeah. It's not the it's not X Cloud. It Which is Which is anywhere. Right. Yeah. This is in your own network. So now when I'm watching TV, I can stream a game to my iPad. Like if I want to just grind out some Marvel's Avengers while watching TV, I can do that now. Yeah. Uh, amazing. 
10 out of 10, make it easier for me to play games while I watch TV and I'll buy your system. <laughs> um, it's a big thing for me. That's why I love the Switch. Fair. So, uh, Seth, do you want to talk about the uh, Hyrule Warriors stuff that was announced over the last weekend? Well, I certainly think we should uh, at the Tokyo Game Show. Um, what's a, it's not as... What is the developer? I, my brain, is it? Koei Tecmo. Right, Koei Tecmo. They had a, a presentation, um, showed off a bit more of Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity coming November. The, we got some tr- uh, story trailers, which was cool. We got the reveal of Impa as a playable character. She looks cool. She, lo- she looks like a, she's a ninja, and she's got... She can make clones out of water, and and Naruto runs around. Um, so that's fun. Um, and yeah, that was, that was about all they, of the new stuff they revealed. They also, the next day, uh, showed off some, um, gameplay of Daruk. Uh, we uh, incorrectly, uh, it went around Twitter that they were revealing a new character the next day, but it turned out they were just revealing gameplay of Daruk. Um, so, yeah, this game, it's looking really good. I thought it was, like, I didn't get too deep into this stuff, but it was cool, The like, seeing the different ways they were adapting some of the Breath of the Wild systems. Like, they have completely and faithfully recreated, the like, the Breath of the Wild look, um, and even even in the way, like, menus work and the UI works. It, it, it absolutely looks exactly out of Breath of the Wild. Um, but yeah, they showed off that there was a little bit that you could see of maybe the way some of the systems were going to work. Um, so that was cool. I'm excited for it. It's, it's really shaping up. I'm really excited. Um, this game comes out in November on the 20th, I think. Um, really excited, really, really excited for this game. Um, let's see. Hyrule Warriors. Um, let's so then we we should talk about the Nintendo Partner Direct because that also ties into Tokyo Game Show a lot. Um, the Nintendo Partner Direct started out with the cool. What did you think of this trailer, Seth? Because it it did not look like a Monster Hunter game to me at first. Um. Yeah, so the the big thing was the reveal of Monster Hunter Rise, Indeed. the next the next mainline Monster Hunter game coming to the Nintendo Switch next year exclusively. Um, yeah. Uh so that I guess the 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 weird the new thing is that there's this weird like energy grappling thing that you could do. Yeah, you get uh, a light like bug. there was there was certainly a a grappling hook in uh, Monster Hunter World, but this is more like an exploration tool, like yeah. for to that you to allow you to move around places. They also, I think, the other big thing is that you can ride on these dogs that allow you to get places faster. Yeah, baby, um, they added dogs. So it was it was interesting because I I'm curious. I don't know a whole lot about, like, the story of Monster Hunter games um, and how much those are, like, a big part of those games. Um, But 
they seem to be like the 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 thing that I got from this trailer is that like it appears to be like a Monster Hunter game that is maybe is existing within like a kind of open world JRPG type of type of deal. That's like, what I you know, was you, getting. To. You could say that that's what Monster Hunter is, but there seems to be more like just because of the way they had this emphasis on exploration in this um like it seems that the like moving around like stuff in the world outside of the actual hunting of monsters seems like it's going to be important um i think that with monster hunter world they they got that i think monster hunter world was their first dabble with a little bit of that right but but see i got kind of like a a xenoblade vibe oh, from, okay, yeah. okay. from like the way that they were showing the world and showing the characters move around the world. Um, so I don't know. Uh, it, it looks, it looks cool. Um, the one thing is the monsters that they only showed off like four monsters, but they, they all kind of looked a little less extravagant than the stuff you, that, that we saw in monster hunter world. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is kind of a bummer. Uh, yeah, but uh, but again, they only showed up like four of them. This this is the first Monster Hunter built with. Uh, Forrest loves to always talk about this thing. Um, it's built with the RE engine. Um, oh shoot! Really? Yeah, it's the first Monster Hunter built with the RE engine. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh man. Um, but don't get your hopes up that the resident evil remasters are coming to switch because oh. um apparently I like wasn't. with the re <laughs> engine you like the game has to be designed for switch you can't it doesn't scale yeah um so um yeah this game is built with that so interesting that's sick though i'm wondering how that's going to affect the monsters though because that was the big thing about monster hunter world is that they you know, said that it couldn't, they couldn't do as many monsters because of how, how they had to redo some of it because of how, you know, detailed and everything that game was. So, you know, it's monster hunter, baby. Um, I'm way interested because there's dogs, which is stupid, but (laughs) I, I like playing monster hunter, even though I'm bad at it, I will inevitably buy this game. Um, it comes out in March around that, you know, nebulous march something that's happening the big question mark yeah yeah um so there's also they did a trailer for monster hunter stories 2 wings of ruin which looks like a monster hunter pokemon game yeah from what i could yeah so those are just like straight up rpgs like turn-based rpgs okay um that looked interesting actually i wonder if it you have to play storyline of the first one because I actually am really interested in what that game has to offer from what it showed. So, um, yeah, I don't know that from what I read, it doesn't appear to be like the same characters. Um, I would be curious though, that if they won't, uh, re-release, uh, monster hunter stories one. Um, yeah. Cause that was, on, that was put on the 3ds while it was dying. Wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other big announcements from this, I don't have all the announcements from it, um, was that Disgaeus, Disgaea, Disgaeus 6 is coming summer of 2021. Yeah, it's like Um, the first numbered entry in forever. 
on yeah. this guy. Yeah. And I guess they, so it's the first entry in a long time, the, the numbered entry and the, so the graphical styling has updated and some people are not very happy about that. That's about all I know. About yeah, like I've never played Disgaea games, but it does. You could tell it did look a little different. Uh, yeah, like it sort of evokes the same idea, the same kind of graphical styling, but it did look different. The other two big um, uh, announcements for this was ar- arguably the two biggest ones were uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisp coming to Switch as kind of a thing that we knew was going to happen eventually with a sick um, special edition. I just yeah, wanted it's like to mention two hundred dollars. Yeah, but man, it looks so good. <laughs> yeah, and also on on this was the same day release of Hades. So yes, um, so you know, go buy that. They they also announced that Balan Wonderworld is coming in March, um, and Rune Factory Five, which I know a lot of people care about, but I. I guess it's like a farming game. I don't know too much about Rune Factory. And it's, um, and it's got uh, monsters collecting. Oh, okay. Um, More monsters. Yeah. Just call it Monster Hunter. Oh, gosh. Five. No, Monster Hunter it, Farming. Call it Monster Rancher. Oh. Monster Rancher. Um, I would love to. I need to see people playing Ori 2 on the Switch because if that thing made my Xbox Series X chug and almost die in menus... What is it gonna do to the Switch? I I like. I bet it runs a lot better on the Switch. Is it? Are do you think because they turned a lot of stuff down? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. They turned a lot of the lighting and stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> that was actually a tweet I made to Jeff Grubb um, <laughs> about the Series X, but I I actually found out later that they only had a certain games they could play with the test unit. Um, I wanted to know if the SSD affected how badly some games deal with menus. Because uh, Ori 2, Borderlands 3, and yep. Rage 2 all had terrible, slow, clunky menus that made me want to die every time I had to open them. So hopefully the SSD fixes that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I bet you're right. You're right, Seth. I would assume that it probably runs a lot better on the Switch. Because it's not trying to push 60 frames at 4K for some reason. So, all right. We got the last big thing of news that I have is Pokemon information. Um, we got... And that new... wasn't even that big. TBH. It, I, you're downplaying it. I'm pretty excited for this. This like, presentation was like three minutes long. Well, I think it's because they detailed most of this before. I'm excited because it's coming soon. It's coming October 22nd. We're getting the Galarian Star Galarian Star Tournament where you're going to like get to interact and know trainers more by teaming up with them, which I think is going to be fun. Yeah. And just getting all the legendaries is going to be cool. I'm excited about that. Um you're going to be able to okay. get all the legendaries in this game. So there was so this wasn't actually in the uh, Pokemon thing uh, when they were like afterwards, they released information detailing some of these legendary Pokemon dens that you can go in in uh, Crown Tundra. The way that they work is actually kind of cool. You don't you can't bring in your own Pokemon. 
you have to rent a Pokemon, and then what? any Pokemon that you catch along the way, you can also use. Whoa, what? They should have gone through that with the presentation. Yeah. Because that's neat. I like it. It's weird. It's very weird. I agree. Um, are you excited for these co-op dens? Because I'm, I'm excited for that. Um, you yeah, can go they, on... look, they look kind of fun. The Dynamax Adventures, which lets you team up with three other trainers. Um, right, that was, some... that was the thing I was just uh, referring to previously. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, Where you go through like a series of battles, and then at the end there's a big boss. Right. That is potentially a legendary Pokemon. Um, the The one sadness in this is that Shaman is not... One of the ones included. Sad. Because yeah, that's it's, they it's, why it's no, get it no then? mythicals. Yeah, they're they're really drawing the line between mythical and event Pokemon and legendary. And um maybe one day Nintendo will let me get Shaman in a freaking game uh without having to like get someone to glitch me one or whatever. <laughs> but whatever. Um I I'm excited for this. The they're, they also announced today, or in it, that Pokemon Go to Pokemon Home is coming by the end of the year. Uh, the problem is, Seth detailed to me that it's going to maybe cost money? Yeah, so... Um, it's, of course, they are being very... They're being clear as mud on how it will actually work. <laughs> uh, but yes, in Pokemon Go... First of all, you're only allowed to move one Pokemon at a time. Um, and you have to spend Poke Coins and go to move them. Um, and those are, of course, the premium currency. Uh, yeah. It's... Uh, you know, it's it's unclear. Like, I, th there is a timer involved with moving the Pokemon. So it may just be that you can... Um, you can spend premium currency to make it go faster like you would in any uh, freemium game where you have timers. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, but even then, that's still really dumb. Like, why can't you just drop all of your Pokemon into it? You're already paying for Pokemon Home. Yeah. Why are you then creating this artificial barrier I forgot that uh, I paid for Pokemon Home. Yeah. But I do that. I mean, if you want to... If you want to move the... If you want to be able to get the Pokemon out, you got to pay for it. It's silly. Um, but maybe that's... I, there's no justifying it. Never mind. Yeah. I don't... But <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to agree or justify it in any way because it's bad. Um, there um, is a workaround, though, because... None of these restrictions exist for moving Pokemon into Pokemon Let's Go. Uh, and you can also oh. move Pokemon into Pokemon Home from that. So maybe it's it's possible to do it that way. But yeah, this is weird. I do have all original 151 Pokemon Ooh. in Pokemon Go. And I also have a bunch of cool shinies. And I have Lugia. So uh, I want my Lugia to come into Pokemon uh sword and shield i love lugia dang it um yeah we all love lugia yes yeah and if you don't then get out 
You're in the majority here, David. Yeah. Good. <laughs> I should be. It's the right choice. Um, He's a great Pokemon. Yeah. All right. So with that, was there any other news, Seth, that you can think of? I don't believe so. There was right. certainly something that I was thinking about, but I could never find it. Throw it in the Discord when you find it in your brain. Um, Forrest, you, any news? Uh, mine's just really niche stuff about Nier in the next two games in that series. But yeah. I won't I won't regale they did, everyone on the podcast. Go watch that it. stream. because It was really fun. Yeah, it was really funny. I saw a lot of clips on Twitter of like... Yeah. You know, one of them lamenting how handsome one of the other developers yes, is. Yes, he's something. everything that he hates in a person. Yeah, it was handsome, really funny. Smart, funny. <laughs> it was it was very funny and yeah. endearing, um, and I can appreciate that sort of thing. So, yeah, um, just go watch the whole TGS showcase that they had for Near. Also, <laughs> quick other shout out: uh, if you have not watched the Undertale Anniversary Orchestra. I've watched that like three times since it's came out. It's yeah. one of my favorite things. I just let it play while I'm at work. This is how um, I was with the Zelda 25th anniversary orchestra. Yeah. Um, great music there. And um, really, so Seth, did you watch that? I, yeah, I know, it was I, good. Um, so good. I love during the transitions. I can't remember which song it is, but they have to use sandpaper and wood at one point to simulate the transition in, oh, Really good stuff. Um, yeah, that's good. All right. So with that, we are going to stop bothering you. And we are excited to talk to you next week about um, there's a smash announcement tomorrow. Um, so who hopefully, knows? Hopefully Today it's Zagreus. Hopefully it's what? Hopefully it's Zagreus. Oh, oh, man. Okay. Please. That would actually be really freaking cool. Can yeah, you I, imagine I Zagreus li- dealing with uh, Kid Icarus? Or Pit. Oh, yeah, mm. with Pitt and uh That'd be so good in Palutena. Uh, oh man. Okay. Never mind. We're gonna stop there. Um, <laughs> we'll talk at Go you by next Hades. Week. <laughs> go go by, by Hades. Hades. Bye. Bye. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>